Today's lesson is what is important. What is important? Now, uh, I guess the way that we would judge this is by the amount of time, the amount of, uh, situ- amount of effort, whatever it is that's important to us. I think of, uh, well, how much time did we spend getting ready for today, coming to church? Now, I know some didn't spend any time at all, and, uh, <laughs> and I won't mention any names, <clears throat> Ken, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, some, you know, we spend a lot of time, we spend preparation. Well, you may say, well, myself, you know, I, you know Rhonda always lays out my clothes and things like that, so that I somewhat match. Uh, sometimes I change the, the order of things, and she says, why did you wear that? That's not what I laid out. So preparing to be here, Preparing for the message uh, takes me about six days. So what I put together, I start putting together this afternoon or last week for next week. And it just is something that evolves over the week. And what we spoke of last week has been one that kind of is um, one of those pivotal points when, you, you know, just kind of halts us in our thinking because the things we spend a lot of time with are the things that are of value. The things that are of value to us tell us what's important. Well, in Romans chapter 3, and this is last week's scripture, it says, uh, God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. Now, when we think of the value of what we put place upon ourselves and place upon, you know, wanting things to be neat and orderly and, you know, um, I, like, I like my yard to be neat and orderly. I even comb my hair so it's neat and orderly. <laughs> What's left of it. Uh, so we, we like things to be a certain way. We like them to be presentable. And it's, it's kind of like that integrity that we have in ourselves about the pride that we have in ourselves and what we do. And those are good things. But sometimes we think that God is responding to what the problems that we face. And in reality, when we are facing a problem, we are responding to what God has already done. God has already done for us. We're responding to what God has already promised. That, you know, I think of the scripture that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, the Message Bible has that all things work for us and not against us. All things are working for us, and so whenever we're looking at our life and trying to evaluate the importance of something, we look at it as if it's hard or if it's easy. Did it come by chance or did it come by choice? Did it come by pursuit and pursuing after and having goals and going after those things? How did it get into our lives? And what made it important to us? So these are the things we count of value, like reading the Word, reading the Scriptures, listening to music, Christian music, <laughs> listening to the, the Bible, on, uh, in the Bible Gateway, the website, they have an audio Bible, and you can get on there and listen to as long as you want. And you can listen to chapters and listen to uh, books and, of the Bible, and it's just continuous reading, and you even get to choose some of the versions that you want to hear. So reading the Bible is important to us. Praying. How, many, how much time do we spend in prayer? Now, I don't mean the down on your knees and, you know, before God and, and doing that, you know, in the morning or in the evening. That, we want to do that. But during the day, how much time do we spend in a God consciousness? 
as in the sense that God is with me. Now, I know that uh, we, we, we have to pay attention to where we're at and driving and things. Well, oh, I almost ran that red light. I was just focusing on God. He does not want you to do that, okay? God doesn't want you to be, close your eyes and pray. Okay, God, I'm driving and I'm praying and I'm trusting you to direct my car because I'm praying. <laughs> you better open your eyes and pray. <laughs> and in our lives, God is not telling us to go blindly about everyday events that we make choices and we make and we choose to do things and sometimes we make really good choices and sometimes not so good choices and God is for us he's not responding to what we already oh God doesn't like me now I blew it God doesn't like me when does God stop liking you when does God stop loving you the answer is never so God hasn't changed his mind about you because we did things wrong or we did things right. He never changes his mind because we live in a place of grace. We live in a place of mercy. That everything that God thinks about us is only for our good. And everything that happens in our life, God is there working for us. Now, there may be people working against us, but we've got to be smart enough to know that we can't allow their thoughts, those against us, to become our thoughts. We have to think of what God has said, that he loves us and that he appreciates us and that all things working for us and that his wisdom and his guidance, his mercy, his grace, are all there for us, extensions from God to our lives. You see... <laughs> whenever we think of God we think of it in the context of what he has done for us what he is doing for us and where he is leading us in our life so whenever we have the benefits of God being number one <laughs> we have the benefits of a full life that we are free from our sins and free from our <laughs> past failures and mistakes we are free and, and he who is set free is free indeed meaning that those things behind us are forever gone forever forgiven now there's a story of a, a guy who you know i, I like the idea uh, of the illustration that this this guy is carrying this heavy chest you know on his back you know loaded with very heavy objects and a, a person comes by with his horse and wagon, and he offers the man a ride. He says, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't put my, this heavy chest upon, burden upon your, your horse and wagon. He says, the wagon's empty, and the, the horse is fine. There's nothing in here. Just put it in here. So eventually he talks the guy to, into getting in the back of his wagon. And when he the guy turns around, he sees the guy standing in the back of the wagon, balancing himself, holding his chest on his back, this huge, heavy weight. And the guy says, well, why don't you put the chest down in the wagon? He says, oh, it was kind enough for you to give me a lift. I couldn't burden your horse with carrying this also. The chest? Thank you. There's somebody who got it, yes. <laughs> he couldn't bear, I couldn't burden you with your horse having to pull the weight of this. It's like, no, it's already taken care of. You're standing in the wagon. And sometimes we are like that with our past and our sins and our failures. It's like, oh, God, I couldn't burden you with this, and God's already forgiven it. He's already said, let it go. He's already told us to allow his grace and his mercy 
to touch our lives. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. Now, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, which is our text for today, Paul is saying, I'm speaking to you out of a deep gratitude for all that God has given me. That sets the stage. God, I am giving praise and thanks to God for all that God has given me. Now, if we look at the character of Paul, he was always in trouble, and people were always trying to kill him. He's been stoned and beaten with rods and dragged out of the city for dead, and he's talking about all that God has given me. He said, these small afflictions are nothing compared to the glorious riches that I have in Christ. He saw God working for him. And all these other things were things that he needed to deal with, but in a way that brought honor and glory to God. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. He saw his responsibilities in relation to the Romans as a blessing. You know, some people hide from responsibilities. Some people just want none. <laughs> they want all the credit for something good and no credit when things go wrong. I remember um, I was watching, this is when I was down at um, New Day in, in Kernville. I was up in an office and uh, having a, a break between clients. And I was sitting there and I looked out the window and there were these two boys in this vacant lot, you know, playing ball. One boy was thrown and the other one was hitting it. Well, he was hitting the ball off the side of a house. And what are on the side of houses? Windows. So here is the boy just banging the ball and bouncing it off the window. And finally, after about three times, he drove the ball through the window. They said, he dropped the bat and said, it's not my fault. And they all ran off. I don't know whose window it was, and, and it wasn't their home. And, and they just dropped the bat and left the ball. And it's funny they didn't go up and knock on the door and say, can I have my ball back? <laughs> it's not my fault. But you see, God isn't trying. God isn't pointing an accusing finger. And this is in, that's in the next text of John chapter 3, verse 18. That God is not about pointing an accusing finger. The closer we become in our relationship with God is about setting us free and liberating our soul and liberating our mind and hearts that we can become what God wants us to be. So that we have enough strength to live, we have enough strength to die, we have enough strength to, to love, we have enough strength to forgive, we have enough strength. So no matter what is in front of us, we have the strength for it because as your day is, so shall your strength be. So God's grace and mercy there is there so that we have this understanding of faith, we have this understanding of life that brings hope and strength to us that we do not need to fear what is in the future. Because this may be against us. Well, it doesn't matter what may be against us today or tomorrow or next year. There's always something against us, but always remember, God is working for us. God is at work for us. Now, he's not, we're not his slave labor, and he's not our slave labor. He is at work for us, meaning he wants to bless, he wants to guide, he wants us to arrive at that place that he created us to be. 
He created us to be a certain person, to be a certain way. If you needed to more intelligence, you would have it. <laughs> so that's my excuse. All right. <laughs> but if you needed more in your personality, like someone else, you would have it. So God has made you exactly who you need to be and exactly who you are because you're exactly what he wants in that place that you occupy. Now, we are in this place, we are responsible for growing the person that is here. Hmm. Sound good? I don't know. What's he talking about? <laughs> talking about us and God. That's funny. Not funny, but I was thinking this morning, um, for whatever reason, I, I always thought I would like to be an evangelist. I always thought I'd like to be a person just travels around and speaks. Because all you need is one or two good sermons, and you're set for a couple years. <laughs> That's all you need. You just need two or three, you know, and how long you stay at a place, and you just go and preach the same thing every week, learn better illustrations, and, and you know, it's up and going, and everybody loves you, and you create, stir up trouble, and leave. <laughs> you know? So I always thought I didn't no, I wouldn't stir up trouble, but you'd always do things, and, you know, you, I always thought that would be a pretty good life, you know? These guys, they're able to speak and do very well, and, but that never happened. But then I was thinking, you know, I've, I've written, I, I, I'm thinking, I've written a book, all right, and I was thinking about it, it's getting closer to the time when it will be published, but I was thinking that God has given me the ability to do the same thing for about 30 years, and that now I'm able to write about it in a, in a way that hopefully will impact numerous people. I, I did that very thing that was in my heart. That I was able to sit down over the last 30 years and talk with people who have had a loss in their family, death in their family or trauma of some sort. And I've been able to sit down and basically review the same thing with each individual over a period of 30 years. And I was thinking this morning how that, that's exactly what I was thinking about, about being an evangelist or being a speaker that would go somewhere and you would have the same message. You didn't have to learn very much. All you had to do was say the same thing well. But in this case, it's something we had to do and we had to do it in a way that would be able to help people where they are at, but also they would be able to see God being there with them and helping them in there, in that situation. So you see, it's out of a deep gratitude for all that God has given me that we are being thankful and we are praising God and we are thanking him for the good things he's brought into our lives because life isn't out of control. The world isn't out of control. God has placed you here to control, to allow his spirit and his presence and his peace to be in your spot that you occupy. And you being at peace and being at the strength and having the power and the presence of God, knowing you are responding to God's word. 
and you are bringing his peace to that spot, to that moment, to your in contacts, and he is using you right in that place. So you see, God is working for me. He's for my good, for the good in my life. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. And what is God doing? God is loving. He's using you in the very spot you're in to bring peace, comfort, prayer. But anyhow, I am speaking to you, verse, uh, Romans 12, 3, I'm speaking to you out of a deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibility in relation to you, living then as every one of you does in pure grace. Hmm. I'm living then as every one of you does in pure grace. That God thinks of you as being his favorite child. <laughs> pure grace. He doesn't see your fault. He's not looking at your faults. He's not pointing the accusing finger. He is looking at the pure grace of God where we live. And the grace of God is the unmerited favor that we cannot change the character of God by something we would say or do. We cannot change God. He is forever loving. He is forever forgiving. God has never had one negative thought about you. God has never been turned off towards you because he loves you and his, un, his, merited, his unmerited favor is upon you. So we can't earn it. And this is his attitude towards us. So then why do I feel guilty and why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Why do I? Because we allow the accuser, which isn't Jesus, we allow the accuser to influence our thoughts. We allow the accuser to point the finger and say, you're not good enough. But God doesn't say that. Our sin in our life is something we need to confess because we're stopping the God's grace and mercy. We feel that we've done something wrong because God is so holy. And as we confess and as we allow God to do that in our life, we are being liberated. We're being set free. Our life has a new perspective. It's a new dawn. It's a new day, and it's a new life every day because I'm being thankful to God. Then he goes on. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who bring this goodness to God. <laughs> okay? In verse 27, God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. And here's, here's another version of that in verse, chapter 12, verse 3. It's important that you not misinterpret yourself as people who bring who are bringing this goodness to God. God, it's me, <laughs> you know. I'm here. I got a lot of goodness. <laughs> I got a lot of talents, and I know you could use it. <laughs> no, you're not bringing that to God. God is bringing it to God brings it all to you. God brings his grace and his mercy, and the talents that we have, whenever we see them as avenues so that we can get ahead, we're actually falling behind. But as we see our talents and the giftings that we have as gifts from God, we are living our life in service to God. And we see God's blessing upon what we are doing. That's why we can say, God is at work in my life because I have dedicated my talents and my giftings 
and the things that I do, I have dedicated them to God, so therefore he will bless them. He is working for me, not against me. He's not pointing an accusing finger. He is saying to us how merciful he is and how grace, how much grace that he has in abundance for us. God, no, God brings it to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. It's so important that we understand the character of God. The character of God is, well, we say, well, God is love. God is mercy. God is forgiveness. God is all-powerful. God is all-loving. God is eternal. God is, what, anything else? I mean, there's tons more. But we see what God is, and as we understand that idea that God is grace, mercy, power, strength, forgiveness, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, and long-suffering, the fruits of the Spirit. God is this, and God is the one who spoke the world into existence. That's why whenever we understand who we are, we have to see ourselves in light of the character of God, his character, and that it isn't that we have to earn his love. We have to earn his forgiveness. Nah. We have to accept it. It's given to us. So as I go about my day, I am thanking God for the sunshine or the rain. I am thanking him for what I have and what I don't have and what he's going to bring into my life. I am rejoicing in the responsibility that I have. Then it doesn't become a burden it becomes an avenue of life. My life is not a burden. My life is a gift in the character of God, in, the, in understanding his character. For you see, the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and what he does for us. You see, God, all things work for us, not against us. God is at work in our life, and no matter where it begins, it always ends up in God. It doesn't matter if the devil himself brings it about, it ends up in God. God can work it to good. God is not the originator of all things. God is the worker of all things to good. God is the one who is at work in our life, and so there's this story of this individual. He was uh, dreaming and in his dream, he found himself in this room. And in this room were, were um, a big card, card deck, index. Wasn't, today, if the illustration was made today, this guy went into a room and he found a computer. And in this computer, he had all the files about his life. There, we'll use that one. Had all the files about his life and all the things he'd ever said, all the things he'd ever done, all the unseen things, unseen, unsaid things in his life are all on the screen before him. And it's just roll after roll after roll of all the things in his life. And he's going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And his name is attached to every one of the things he did. And then he, he notices that Jesus walks in the room. And Jesus 
looks at the file of the computer and he types in paid in full, delete. The screen is clear. <laughs> delete. And everything that was wrong, everything that was sinful, everything that made him a failure in life, delete. It's gone. Never to be remembered against him again. And you see, it's that place of goodness. It's that place where God himself is at work in our life. And it is God who is trying to get our attention. Not to somehow straighten us up, but how to reveal the path that he has for us to walk. Um, yesterday was the uh, Preakness, <laughs> and those of you who are horse racers. But, oh, it was Belmont, excuse me, it's Belmont. I'm not a horse racer, but I won lots of money. <laughs> no, I didn't gamble. I did not, everybody listen, that was a joke. I did not place money on the horses. <laughs> but anyhow, you see how that, whenever the trainers and all of the people, they're saying how good the horse is. How good the horse is. And, and it's true. If it wasn't for the horse, no matter what the trainers and everything else, it was the, the trainers who brought out the best in the horse. Okay. I always remember uh, the movie Secretariat. And the reason I, I think of that is because the horse itself, Secretariat, was trained to help other horses win. What they would do is Secretariat would go out in front and lead the whole way around the, the track. And then when it was rounding the far turn, the jockey would pull the horse back so that the horses behind would learn how to pass and catch up and pass the secretary, the horse. And so it was used to teach other horses how to lose. Excuse me. He was a loser in teaching other horses how to win. And sometimes we look at life and we say to ourselves, we're just here to let other people pass us by. And you see, that's, and the horse secretariat, the trainers had to break the horse of that giving up in the last quarter of the track. They had to break that knowledge that it was not good enough to finish first. And see, God isn't about finishing first. He wants us all to finish first. He wants us all to complete the race successfully. He wants us to be number one in ourselves and with him. And you see, if I'm number one with God, you can be number one with God. It doesn't eliminate someone from being, someone else from being number one. <laughs> it's like I was at the... Uh, Christian bookstore, and I was buying the offering envelopes, and they had five boxes there. So usually I go and buy five boxes in a case and bring it home. Well, there was only five, so I didn't want to take the last box. I didn't want somebody else to come in like I have and found that, that there's no offering envelopes. So the guy was there, and he says, oh, take all five. I says, no, I can't do that. I don't want somebody else to be left out. <laughs> so I left two boxes and brought three. Well, that's a good type of sharing. 
But we all have, we have this false concept of pride. There is a pride that says, I'm better than other people. But there is a pride that says, I'm gifted. And God is at work in me to bring that gifting to its highest level. And if I reach the highest level, I will become the person God wants me to be. And you see, as I strive for that, so you strive for it. As you strive for it, so others in the body of Christ strive for it. And as part of the body of Christ, we are to be the most excellent of people. We are to be the, most, the greatest of overachievers. <laughs> and God has a purpose for each of our lives. And God is not working against us. All things work together for us. God is at work behind the scenes. What is God doing? Whatever we have been taught in our own lives, like the secretary, the ho- secretary at the horse, most of the time we think, well, we don't want to be first. We kind of back off and let other people go in front of us. Therefore, we are, have no pride and we are humble. But the opposite is true. God allowing me to become first, the best in what I do, does not stop you from being the best in what you do. And the best in what we do may be a handshake, a smile, a prayer, a word of encouragement. It may not be in our profession of making a life, but it would be in our membership in the body of Christ that we extend Jesus to other people. God will help us extend his love to other people. And I was sharing in Romans, I forget which chapter it is, I was reading it this morning, and it says, who are you to cross somebody off the list of who God has invited? You know, we cannot write somebody off the list that we would say, well, you know, they're a pretty bad sinner. God has written them off. God has not written anyone off. He may be using you to be the witness to them to change their life and their destiny for an eternity. So you see, what we are about is about living and allowing God to understand that God is working in us, through us, and for us. And the events of life, they're not against us. No matter how hard it is, it is our responsibility and our relationship with God to see the good And pray for the good to come from all of this. And we may not see it this year. We may not see see it in 20 years. But we know that it is there. God is at work. And we keep sowing and watering the seed that God has placed in our lives and the lives of others. Amen? We've got to say it better than that or I have to keep going. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. Father, thank you for the giftings you have given us and for the opportunities we have to serve you. And God, that no matter what we've been taught in our lives and our previous from today, from yesterday, God, you will teach us more things. You will teach us new ways. And sometimes those new ways are just ways of loving and forgiving and caring and touching people in a way that brings healing and strength and hope to their hearts. Thank you, God, that in all things we give thanks to you. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said?
Amen. God bless you.